0: This is the Carl Miller Show, where we talk about all things real estate, financial investments, and getting into a home you love. With over 15 years of experience, this is your host, Carl Miller. Good morning. You're listening to the Carl Miller Show. I am your host, Carl Miller, principal broker at Carl Miller Realty, LLC. We're located at 7700 Timberlake Road in Lynchburg, and we are your caring, competent, trusted advisor for real estate sales and service. Today's topic is three popular questions about the housing market, two newsworthy updates pertaining to national markets, and one great guy you'll get to meet in the second half of our show, Mr. Shane Timberlake, licensed realtor and newest addition to the Carl Miller Realty Firm. Special thanks to our sponsor this month, Central Virginia Flooring. Central Virginia Flooring is a local family-owned business located at 7621 Timberlake Road in Lynchburg. As the name suggests, they specialize in high-quality floor coverings to make your home or business pop. Stop by their showroom today to visit their large inventory of in-stock materials, including luxury vinyl plank flooring. They're open Monday through Friday and weekends by appointment. Their number is 439-4140. That's 434-439-4140. Or better yet, just stop by their Timberlake Road location across the street from Carl Miller Realty, LLC. Let Central Virginia Flooring be your guide to beautiful new floors. It's time for a new featured listing from Carl Miller Realty. With 12 acres of land, this 4,800 square foot home in rural Campbell County offers fenced pasture land, a beautiful barn complete with a finished office space, a small milking parlor, and opportunity to own and sell produce from your own land if desired. The 2013 built home features three finished levels, four bays of garage space, an in-ground swimming pool, and fully finished two-bedroom apartment option on the terrace level. You'll love the metal roof, full front and back covered porches, and the rural countryside views overlooking Campbell County farmland. Priced at just 629 dollars this property is an amazing value. For more information or to list your home, contact us at carlmillerrealty.com today. And today we're joined in studio by Yancey Campbell, our marketing director for Carl Miller Realty. Good morning, Yancey. Good morning. It's uh, It feels like summertime out there this week. It, it is does. hot and a little humid.
1: It has been. It has been.
0: Have you gotten any um, water, side, or sun at all this yes, summer? Yes, I feel like.
1: I've been sitting outside on my lunch break, but honestly, it's just too hot to do that. But the weekends have consisted of Smith Mountain Lake, so that's been very nice.
0: Smith Mountain Lake is a good place to be on a Saturday. That's and Sunday. right. Very good. Well, we have a couple of events, ongoing events at our office. We've talked about them before, but we'll keep talking about them until until we complete them. But uh, so, what do we have going on at the office this month? Uh, yeah. For for, for our listeners to join join us with.
1: Yeah. So we've got our shoe drive with Come to the Altar Ministries. That's still going on. That's going to be through August 31st. So you can bring in shoes of any size. Um, gently used or brand new into our office um, anytime that we're open during the week. Um, And we also have our one-year birthday coming up. That is on July 30th. Everyone's invited. Um, We're going to be doing a little open house giving tours of our lovely office. We've got birthday cake, obviously, for our birthday. And then we've got the shaved ice truck that's gonna be there as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Third, we've got sponsorship that we are doing for the 10-miler race in September. Carl, I think you're running in that, aren't you?
0: I am, the Virginia 10-miler. We're trying to convince the other office staff to do a 10-mile race. Yeah,
1: I'm on the fence about it, but I think it'd be fun if we got a bunch of us together. I think it
0: would be, too. We'll have to see if we can pull that off.
1: Yeah. And then we've also got another sponsorship for the Dunbar Theater play coming up the weekend of August 6th through 8th. Um, And that's going to be the play Something Rotten Jr. And something special about that is Carl's daughter's in that.
0: She is. She is one of several middle schoolers in that and a lot of high schoolers. It's a small cast, 21 people, and this is actually an inaugural show. It's pretty fantastic. That's playing on Broadway. And so the screenwriters are Watching this show because after this produces, they will be selling this production to other high school and middle schools all across the U.S. So that's great. In a couple of weeks, we'll have a special guest on about that and learn a little bit more about that show. But that that'll be playing in the in the early August, and my daughter and those students are working hard to put on a fantastic production. And the Dunbar Middle School has. Surprisingly amazing theatrics for a middle school. It's the best in the area, from what That's I've awesome. seen. It's awesome. Can't yeah. wait to see it. So, very good. So, this topic today is uh, we got a few new, newsworthy topics. It's more, more or less national news. So, uh, well, probably the first thing of note is that, and this happened a few weeks ago, there was a federal judge that agreed with the National Association of Realtors and with a couple of local state associations from Georgia and Alabama. They filed a lawsuit that said, that the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, lacked authority to implement a blanket nationwide eviction moratorium for tenants. However, when the case was heard by the Supreme Court late in June, the court refused to lift the, the, the lifting. They refused to lift the moratorium that banned tenant eviction since since it's going to expire July 30th anyway. And the Biden administration has stated they will not extend this. Uh, the ban was put in place by the Trump administration in March of 2020, basically just preventing landlords from evicting tenants for non-payment, gotcha. And it's been going on now for about 15 months, 16 months, what, 18 months now. So with the support of the NAR, Georgia and Alabama challenged the orders of the federal court in federal court in May. And a U.S. federal judge sided with the housing providers, ruling that the moratorium was unlawful. And although the Supreme Court declined to lift the man immediately, the National Association of Realtors president, Charlie Opler issued the following statement. This is a victory for property rights. For more than a year, mom-and-pop property owners have been pushed towards financial ruin as they upkeep their properties and pay their taxes and mortgages with no income of their own. With the pandemic waving and the economy approving, it's time to restore the housing sector to its healthy former function property owners also deserve this absolute clarity from our federal court system regarding property rights in America and to avoid similar financial harm in the future. And that was from the National Association president of Realtors President. The ruling, he continued, keeps in place certainty for tenants and for, for another month while offering helpful clarity to struggling housing providers. It's now critical that the nearly $50 billion in rental assistance the National Association of Realtors helped secure gets out to those who need it most. Wow. I spoke with a local property manager before the air today and just wanted to ask, hey, what are you seeing? And he said in Virginia, locally at least, um, landlords were still filing court papers to evict tenants for non-payment, but the courts weren't quite sure what to do with it. But some of the landlords who went ahead and filed those papers just went ahead and filed them and the tenants kind of feeling the pressure of non-payment. Voluntarily moved out. Yeah, he saw that. Yeah. So I don't know if it was forced or not here locally. It'd be kind of interesting, to maybe reach out to a, a larger property manager and just ask if they saw anybody taking advantage of that. He said one of his tenants that he was working with had filed paperwork at the federal government and got assistance back out to basically comp them for moving out. So oh, wow. I know there was, and it's already referenced in this article, $50 billion in rental assistance, both for tenants and for landlords, was available throughout the last 18 months. So it, it, this stuff is going away, though. And the Government help for these funds is not going to be available after July 31st. Right. So, right. If you're a tenant who hasn't been paying, uh, just know that it, you won't be able to continue doing that without without quickly being evicted. I would imagine. So, this uh, that's just a little bit on the t- on the on the uh, eviction moratorium. The second piece of news this week was actually just from Thursday. Uh, July 14th or 15th, a top official from the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development has joined policy experts from the National Association of Realtors to discuss solutions for the nation's historic housing supply shortage. In fact, they have just called a meeting and said, we're in a housing crisis. And it's just interesting because this research was commissioned by the National Association of Realtors and is authorized by the Rosen Consulting Group, which found that the U.S. is in the midst of an underbuilding gap of 6 million housing units dating back to 2001. And there's actually a report that you can look up called The Housing is Critical Infrastructure. It's kind of taken center stage, stage in national conversations on housing policy, particularly since just last week President Joe Biden reiterated his administration's focus on housing as part of its broader push for infrastructure. Uh, This is what Charlie Opler said. He said, the U.S. housing shortage, he's the National Association of Realtors president, the the national housing shortage is the result of more than a decade of severe underbuilding and underinvestment. Reaching the necessary volume will require a major long-term national commitment and building all types of new housing must be an integral part of any national infrastructure plan, just like roads and bridges are. Housing is an essential long-term asset that helps families climb the economic ladder to prosperity bringing folks closer to job opportun- opportunities and generate tax revenue that supports community residents. Hmm. And what's interesting is, you know, President Biden announced that he's aiming for a historic investment that would generate 2 million additional homes in the US through construction and rehab work. Wow. So, I guess we'll just stay tuned and see what yeah. program Washington comes up with to push forward new housing starts in 2020. We we've talked about this in the past on the show just how you know the us is in a major housing shortage and and it's it's getting recognition not just from the national association but now it sounds like all of washington is very aware
1: Absolutely, of rising
0: yeah. rent rates, rising home prices, the shortage of homes and uh, so it'll be interesting to see what the what our us government comes up with next. So, lots of money being printed, that's that's a fact. Yep. But, you know, it'll be good it'll be good actually if, if, if more inventory were to was to come on, it would kind of help a lot with the challenges that buyers are having right now. We've we've talked in depth a lot recently about that. So kind of wrapping up the first segment, I want to just kind of touch on three questions that we've received at our office just recently. And I was asked the question, you know, since the housing market is so strong, can a home still be overpriced in today's market? And the answer is absolutely. No matter how competitive the market, an overpriced home takes longer to sell. And what typically happens is that the home will actually sell for less dollars than the market value if it starts out overpriced it really? sounds kind, I did it sounds not know that. it sounds kind of counterintuitive but if you have a home that's the market says is worth 300,000 for example and you price it at 330 or 350 it just sits and then eventually every I mean the buyers are very educated today Yeah, they can see yeah. that they're looking at houses they're like oh my gosh this house is overpriced either based on size or based on condition or based on location and i just did a quick search just even in our local mls so, so since last friday so just you know last 8 days in Greater Lynchburg with, with 430 houses on the market. And that's all price ranges. That's all the counties. That's including townhomes. 45 homeowners reduced their prices just oh, in wow. the last seven days, eight days in Lynchburg so and Greater Lynchburg. So pricing a home, right, is, is critical and overpriced homes just don't sell typically. I mean, they, without a, without an, an adjustment.
1: Carl, do you think with the market right now in the past three months, at least I've seen since working at Carmela Realty. Mm-hmm. Do you think that has confused people, first-time home buyers, with prices, or do you think people still know yeah. what their worth is? Yeah. Does so that the, make sense?
0: It does. And the challenge that buyers are having is they they miss out. They miss out. You know, because they get out bid and get out bid. But, yeah. but but I mean, buyers still don't want to overpay for a house right. so the market sets the price at the end of the day right but i think what i've seen is that uh and we had a situation recently where there was an overpriced home and we we took the risk and just went in lower than price and i talked to the agent and and she had indicated the seller was really motivated hmm. so we we actually came in like twenty five thousand under what the list wow. price was and we got it negotiated out yeah at the end of the day That's so great. the market sets the price and uh, but but sellers who try to if the if, again back to that three hundred example, if you just price it at three hundred, at that point there's a chance you'll sell it for three oh five to three ten. Yeah. But if you hit that high number trying to get an extra 10 percent out of the property, the market's pretty smart and it won't it won't do that. Um so yeah, that's a little bit about pricing. Yeah. Another question that we've got um in the last two weeks from several people have asked me this is when will the housing supply increase? And on a national level, Lawrence Yoon, who's the chief economist for the National Association of Realtors, says that the U.S. has already passed the acute shortages that we felt in the spring of 2021. He anticipates supply to continue increasing towards the end of the year. He sees new housing starts at an all-time high. That's the new homes being started right now in the U.S., just based on the amount of new building permits being filed. And he also believes that the government forbearance programs that expire, again, at the end of this month. That, that as those expire, more homes will come on the market as, as property owners who may be in default in their mortgages and they're just buying time right now okay. will will list their house to avoid foreclosure. Yeah. So he feels like there's more inventory coming. And I will just say this, locally, we're seeing an increase in inventory as well. In fact, as of Friday, we hit a new record high of available single-family homes in our market. We're up to 311 houses as of Friday morning here in Lynchburg. And Lynchburg and the three touching counties, let me be clear. But but we haven't seen that many homes on the market since December of 2020. Yeah. So yeah. the market really shrunk in the spring, and now it's, now it's expanding again. And the third question that we've received, switching on to the third question, is are prices going to cool down? And I'm going to go back to what Lawrence Yoon said on a national level. He projects a temporary leveling off of prices in the second half of this year, but no dramatic declines on a national level. He thinks this leveling off of prices, though, combined with increasing inventory options, will actually cause a second wave of buyers coming into the market that might actually decrease the inventory levels to what we saw in May and June. And I guess the only thing we can do is just kind of wait and see. Yeah. But the, the, the theory is, is that as more houses come on the market and the word kind of starts to get out, oh my goodness, there's there's inventory available that some of the buyers who put their search on hold will kind of jump back in the market, shrinking the inventory back out again. My take on the Lynchburg market is that investors or homeowners who try to time—and I use that word in quotes—try to time the market lose out. I mean, I know of folks who said housing prices were too high in 2018 and 2019, and we all know that since then prices are now up over 20% locally since 2019. So, my take is this: if you want a house, buy one. You know, be comfortable with the payment as a proportion to your monthly income. But but trying to wait as an owner-occupant is just a losing game. Investors, I would say the same could be said for you too. If it's a cat, if the, if the property cash flows, whether it's commercial or residential, buy it. You know, you're locking in a payment that'll be fixed. Even with commercial loans, you you can lock in five years or more. And chances are, as our economy recovers, rent rates are going to continue to rise. So even a floating interest rate on commercial money yeah. increases yeah. chances that you'll be able to ride the wave and maintain cash flow for your properties at the cap rate you're purchasing today. You know, debt is being locked in, and and that's a that's a you know, almost an asset because your payment's so low right now. Absolutely. So we have a client tip of the week that we're doing every week at the end of the first half. And this week's tip is when making an offer, if you're a buyer, ascertain what the ideal closing date would be for the seller. Timing is critical for sellers today, and many are stressed about their move, especially if there's a home purchase involved in their move. And one strong way to win, make your offer stand out, is to offer to close on a seller's home. And just at a time that that works for them. And one little option you may want to consider if if your timing allows is allow them to rent back uh, from you for a short period of time, relieving their stress the week of closing. So when we come back, we're going to meet a great guy who recently joined our firm as a licensed realtor, Shane Timberlake, coming up. We're back with the Carl Miller Show. I'm your host, Carl Miller, joined in studio by Yancey Campbell, our marketing director at Carl Miller Realty. And this segment, we have an amazing guest who I got to meet this spring and summer, Mr. Shane Timberlake. Welcome, Shane. Thank you, Carl. Happy to be here. You know, you came on board with us as a licensed realtor on our firm, and I'm just kind of curious in general, tell us a little bit about who you are and, and uh, where you grew up, and um, you grew up locally here in South Central Virginia. What was it like for you growing up in South Central? I
2: I moved to Bedford County when I was 10 years old and um, grew up here, I consider, and kind of fell in love with the mountains and the lake and the, the hunting and the fishing, but Really did my growing up on a baseball field, so I spent my entire childhood 100% dedicated to being the best boss possible baseball player I could be. Mm-hmm. Um, starting out at, at Boonsboro Ruiton and moving from to Central Virginia Baseball, which is a travel team here, yeah. um, and then playing for Jefferson Forest, and really just fell in love with Lynchburg and
0: found my found my setting here in the area. Did your team win any of the championships? In like in the travel team we
2: won the biggest thing I remember was when I was 12 it was 11 and 12 all-stars we went to the Dixie Youth World Series Mm -hmm. um it was it was in Florence South Carolina at the time but we lost uh we came in we were runner-up but we lost to Nacogdoches Texas I'll never forget that wow very close game we just ran out of pitching yeah Mm -hmm. very good what position did you play as a baseball player
0: I was a shortstop you you picked the hard one Yep, that's the common theme. Those guys work hard, <laughs> right. <laughs> common theme. So you were a star yeah. athlete in high school, played baseball, and then as you developed that ta- talent, did that carry you into college as well? Right. So
2: probably junior year of high school, maybe sophomore year, it kind of got to where I was like, I can't be done with baseball. There's no way this is it. Um, really kind of buckled down, and with the big help of my parents, started going to showcases and mm-hmm. looking at different schools and trying to figure out where I wanted to go, and uh, – had a couple options, eventually landed on a Division two school called King University. Now mm-hmm. it was King College at the time, but ended up going there and had some of the best years of my life playing baseball in the mountains
0: of Tennessee. Okay, Tennessee. Very good. That's pretty neat. So then you traveled around and did you ever win your uh, division there? I, I'm sure you had a lot of good memories. We the had
2: team. a lot of good seasons. Yeah. Um, yeah. We never came, we never went all the way. Yeah. Um, we had a couple of those like, Crying in the dugout losses. <laughs> yeah. But uh right. I mean, we had
0: a we had an awesome group of guys, awesome coaching staff and That's I great. wouldn't trade it for anything. Very good. So after so fast forward a little bit, you were working on a, on a degree that didn't quite work out for you is what you told me. And then after college you moved to, to South Carolina. What did you do after you after college? What what field did you get into yeah, as a so professional?
2: I studied biology in college with the, the idea that I was going to, you know, be this awesome dentist and go to dental school, and mm-hmm. that didn't work out. Um, so I ended up going to grad school because I thought it would help me get into dental school, mm-hmm. and I still didn't get in. So <laughs> um, after grad school, I, even, I finished the degree. I moved back home to Lynchburg and just kind of had a, an urge for some adventure and to get out and live life. So I just kind of packed up everything, and on a whim, I moved to Charleston, South Carolina, and um, I started looking for jobs in the hospital, and you know, in the healthcare field related to my degree, uh-huh. which was a master of public health. And while I was looking, I had a buddy of mine that I didn't even know lived in Charleston reach out to me and said, "Hey, why don't you come sell some cars for a little bit while you look for a job?" So I started doing that, and kind of got hooked on the sales environment and how it was competitive, just like my sports career, and how it was uh, results driven and, you know, I just stuck with it and I succeeded and I just, I got a few promotions. I moved through management into finance. Mm -hmm. Um, and it just was an awesome time to me and helped me to pay off a, uh, a large number of
0: student loans that I congratulations that I
2: accumulated unknowingly. When you're a kid going to college, oh. they don't tell you you got to pay for it.
0: Right. Um, it's a pretty common theme for young professionals. Like then the reality hits. Like oh my gosh, yeah. did I just get six figures of debt? Yeah. Right, so. a little slap
2: in the face of <laughs> very you much don't so. even have a job yet, and you're like, wait, right. you want me to pay you? So. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. so yeah, it all worked out. That's a whole. That could be a whole radio topic. Could Yancy students in debt and then today's homebuyer. Yeah. Absolutely, very good. So, so you got in, got into sales, performance based got into finances, and were pretty successful at it, from what from what I understand. And in the auto trade industry or auto sales and finance industry, if you look back, you look back in those years of your life. What were some of your big takeaways? Like, what what did you learn as a as a professional during those four or five years that you were in auto sales and auto finance?
2: I learned the value of the hustle, uh, the value of just showing up every day and mm. and keeping your mentality right because there's. Just as there is in any sales environment, there's a lot of ups and downs. Mm-hmm. and um, if you follow that wave of ups and downs, you're gonna struggle. but if you try to level it out the best you can, um, you're gonna be you're gonna be much better off. So that's the biggest thing I took away. Um, made a ton of good friends. you know, we had a ton of fun together. we kept a high
0: energy, and uh, that's what I hope to bring over into real estate now. Mm, that's great. When we were interviewing you for our firm, I spoke, I actually called one of your references, who's one of your former baseball teammates, and, and he, he made the comment, if Shane puts his mind to something, nothing's going to stop him. Where do you say you got your drive from? Was it something you were born with all the time, or was it your experience in baseball, or if you wanted it bad enough? or Where, where, do the, where does the drive come from in your life?
2: Um, first of all, when Carl says that he interviewed me, he asked me a, a trillion questions about my entire life. And, uh, that's really what got me to realize, like, this is the guy I want to work, work for. He's yeah, not just bringing yeah. anybody in here. So, um, what, it's coming from that, uh, what, anything I want to put my mind to that I can accomplish or nothing will stop me. Um, I mean, I don't know if I would say that, but I grew up as, I was always the little guy, mm-hmm. right? I started college and I was like 140 pounds. Oh, wow. Um, I was, I had to work for everything that I got. And I think it really just stuck with me to where I enjoyed that that grind because I knew that, you know, if I did have success or whatever success I did have, it would be worth it because I knew I put in the work. Um, my dad, I have to give him a ton of credit for just instilling that in me because I watched mm. him – you know, we'd never questioned anything or never lacked anything. And now that I've gotten older, I realized behind the scenes, you know, my dad was hustling. He was grinding mm-hmm. and um, did everything he could for us. So I think great. it was just a family thing.
0: Oh, that's great. That's, that's a good word. Getting back to real estate, what, what drew you into the real estate profession?
2: So I knew I wanted to do sales um, mm-hmm. after I had been in it for, for five years. Um, and I stumbled my way through that and I started to figure it out. I started to love it. And then um, I needed some sort of fulfillment that I just felt like I really wasn't getting um, from the automotive industry, and I needed a little bit more of a challenge. And anybody who's involved in real estate knows that um, you can't pick anything much harder than, uh, yeah. than starting a real estate career. Mm-hmm. So that definitely drove me to it. Um, just a passion for serving. I mean, just the look on someone's face when you can help them get a new Corvette mm. is, you know, worth, worth a million dollars in itself. But Mm -hmm. you switch that over to a house or a dream property. Now that's a whole nother level to me. So, um, that's been a huge part of it that I've seen already. Um, and just the, a huge interest in the market itself, really. I've, I've always been on, you know, podcasts and reading books and, and learning about real estate And I thought, what better way to learn about real estate than to become a real estate agent and
0: immerse myself in the topic. Yeah, Yeah, That's great. We're speaking with Shane Timberlake, realtor, licensed realtor with Carl Miller Realty. And you've already mentioned one of the things you find rewarding as a realtor. But uh, maybe one aspect of real estate that surprised you so far.
2: Um, I think it surprised me how much the the actual market affects the decisions of buyers and sellers. Ah. So outside of real estate, you think, okay, I'm going to go buy a house. All right. You know, just like any other time, I'm going to go buy one or I feel like selling my house. I'm going to put it on the market. Mm -hmm. Well, really, the market does dictate the actions that people are taking. And I found it very valuable to to study that market and to learn it so I can help people to make
0: an informed decision. That's great. You personally have some exciting life changes coming up as well. What are you most looking forward to in the next 18 months in your life?
2: um tie in the knot tie in the knot (laughs) congratulations my my sweet liana um, i feel like we've been together forever and um you know i never had a doubt that that this day would come and uh june 11th is our day so love it we're super excited we're getting married at the lake of course
1: that's awesome and
0: um that's the that's the thing i'm most excited about it think about it all the time hey that's awesome congratulations That's 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 really awesome well, if you're not listing homes or showing houses or negotiating contract for people, what do you like doing for fun, Shane? Um, there's a loaded question. Uh, I like to do <laughs> hanging a, out with your fiance. Right? I like to do a
2: little bit of everything. Yeah, and sometimes she thinks I do too much. Um, <laughs> definitely. Like last night when I left home to go to jujitsu, and she wanted she wanted me to stay, and I uh. knew that I wanted, needed to go. All right. So, um, but I'm big into anything really that that challenges me mentally. Uh, that challenges me physically. So mm-hmm. um, martial arts, I'm into jujitsu. Um, I love to mountain bike, mm-hmm. um, especially with Carl. Uh, he's, <laughs> I don't really follow his lines because sometimes they're questionable. Very questionable. But uh, but um, anything running, lifting weights, um,
0: awesome. anything that gets me outside, really. That's awesome. One final quick question. what What's one piece of advice you've received in your life that you'll always remember? Um.
2: The biggest thing to me that I always think about is two things for my my college baseball coach, Coach Brown, um, was that he always taught us a mentality of a get-to versus have-to. Ah. And he focused on that at, at practice when it's raining and, you know, nobody wants to be there because it's February and just started practice. It was like you get to be at practice today. You didn't have to be here. You, you worked hard to get here. Um, so keep that mentality for everything you do, no matter how hard it is, you get to do it. Um, his other thing, which I grew up with, this mentality my whole life was was a no excuses mentality, and he worded it in a way that that I that has stuck with me as well, which was find a way. So no matter what your circumstances are, no matter what lies in front of you, uh, find a way to get it done. Uh, whether you have to adapt or whatever
0: you have to do, find a way. So you get to, and you'll find a way. That's good words. Speaking with Shane Timberlake, newest member at Carl Miller Realty, and just a fantastic agent. So Shane, thank you for your time today. This is really good. Thank you, Carl. And now, the Bizarre Real Estate Fact of the Week.
1: All right, we've got our Bizarre Real Estate Fact of the Week, and that is... In South Seminole Heights, which is located in Tampa, Florida, there is a custom 1920s Rivercrest home that has been completely remodeled and renovated. But what the catch is, it is listed at a hundred thousand dollars. That is the bid. starting bid. Bring, I think that's very interesting, Carl.
0: Bring the offers.
1: That's right. It's beautiful, and I, I just feel like a hundred k starting bid. I just want to know and take some guesses on what that'd get up to.
0: Well, if you have questions you want to answer on the air, send your questions to any of our social media platforms. Thank you for tuning in. Special thanks to Central Virginia Flooring, our sponsor for this month. Contact them for in-stock flooring options. Have a great week, everyone, and we'll see you next Saturday for another show.